Welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast, where we tackle teaching challenges from a biblical perspective. Why are we here? Because we don't believe that our spiritual walk and teaching profession should exist in two separate domains. Rather, the hope we have in Christ should change how we approach everything, not just at home, but at school as well. So join us as we explore both the spiritual and practical sides of key teaching challenges, integrating them together so we can succeed at teaching, glorify God, and make a lasting difference in our students' hearts and lives. And we do welcome you back to this final episode in our Balance series about how to reduce teacher stress and create work-life balance. I hope you've been enjoying this series so far. If you want to see all of the episodes and all the notes from the series, you can head at any point to teachfortheheart.com slash balance, teachfortheheart.com slash balance, and you can see the entire series there. Um, today, as we di- before we dive into today's, let me just remind us of where we've been. Episode one, we talked about just the big picture redemptive history framework and what the Bible has to say about work, rest, and balance. Then in episode two, we talked about how we really have to realize, not just in our head, but in practicality, that we can't do everything. And that once we realize we can't do everything, it frees us to start choosing the best things and the right things to spend our time on. Episode three was about how do we actually do that? How do we actually choose the best things and the right things to spend our time on, and how do we get done what we need to in a reasonable amount of time? Last week, we answered the question, should we do our best on everything? And it's cool to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Um, But we kind of said, no, we should really save our best effort for the things that matter. And the things that aren't really making a difference are things where we can put minimal effort to save our best effort for the things that do. So that's where we've been so far. Today, we want to talk about how we can use our schedule to create better work-life balance and what scripture has to say about patterns of work and rest in our lives. Before we get into that, we want to thank our sponsor, Life Plus Worldwide. More and more of the world is closing its doors to Christians, and countries like China and the United Arab Emirates are limiting the number of Christians able to work and serve in them. But in spite of these closed doors, teachers and educators can still get into these largely unreached areas. Life Plus Worldwide is a group of pre-K-12 international schools located in China and the United Arab Emirates. These schools are Cognia accredited, with instruction in English at all grade levels. Part of a global community, Life Plus Worldwide is deeply committed to the peoples and cultures they serve. Holistic education helps students grow into servant leaders of outstanding character, competence, and calling. Life Plus Worldwide offers qualified educators competitive salary packages, including paid housing. If you'd like to find out more about teaching abroad with Life Plus, go to lifeplusworldwide.com. That's lifeplusworldwide.com. So back to today's topic, what does scripture say about patterns and work of work and rest? And then And how can we actually put that into our schedule so that we have better balance and are not so overwhelmed? So let's consider first, what does scripture say about patterns of work and rest? If you missed episode one of this series, you'll definitely want to go back there. We laid some really important groundwork that we're going to build on today. So first of all, one thing of note is that patterns of work and rest were created before for the fall. Um, God actually modeled patterns of work and rest in the creation week. And then he gave man work to do in the garden and also created patterns of rest. He established um, the, you know, the, the seventh day as a day of rest before the fall. So work and rest are both good. Um, they're both 
a good a good gift. Then later on in the story, when we get to the Ten Commandments, the Israelites are given the Sabbath as a command, but also you'll, we see it referenced elsewhere in Scripture as a gift. So Sabbath rest, the idea of taking one day apart to stop and rest and to not work, was given as a command, a way to honor God, um, but also as a gift to them uh, to have time to rest. Now, it's interesting. Whether New New Testament Christians should observe a formal Sabbath is unclear. It seems to fall um, under Romans 14, which is saying that we have freedom to choose or not choose whether to observe a formal Sabbath. But in the New Testament, we still very clearly see that we need to work and we also need to rest. That is still very clear. And I I think of Jesus' command, you know, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. And of course, he's talking about not just physical rest, right? He's talking about spiritual rest, mental rest, emotional rest. Um, But over and over, we do see it's very clear that we need rest, right? And one thing that I think is really noteworthy that I've been contemplating lately is that not only do our minds and our bodies need rest, which I think is pretty indisputable scientifically, it's just it's the way we were created, or under the fall rather, um, a life under the fall, but rest is also a way that we honor God. If you think back to the Sabbath in the Old Testament, there was an element where they were trusting God to provide for them. And we actually see this really clearly in certain stories. For example, the manna um, that came down from heaven during the wilderness wandering. Um, God said, you are to collect two days the day before the Sabbath. I'm not going to send you anything the day of the Sabbath. Um, There's other times where God has commanded, actually commanded the land to rest for a sabbatical year. So for a whole year, a country that, a culture that depends on farming was not supposed to farm the land. That was an act of faith, of trusting God is going to make the harvest that he gave us last year last, not just this year, but all the way through the next year, right? Like last all the way through. That was an act of faith that God was going to take what we have and make it enough until we can plant and grow crops the year after this one. And so Sabbath required faith. It was an act of trusting God with what God had given them. And as I said, we're not clearly commanded in the New Testament to observe a formal day of Sabbath, but this concept of trusting God enough to rest in him and physically sit and rest, at least for some time, I think is still there. And I think we have to ask ourselves, when we're refusing to rest, why is that? Is it because we're just trusting in ourselves to get everything done? Is it because we're ignoring our natural limitations? Is it because we don't really trust God to make our time and effort in the rest of the week enough? And I think we have to wrestle a little bit with those questions in our own mind and realize that sometimes when we choose to rest, it it is joy and it is easy and it's just great and we love it. But sometimes when we're choosing to rest, it's actually an act of faith. It's actually an, an act of recognizing, God, I know you've given my body limitations. I know you call me to work hard. I also know you call me to rest. And so even though I have all these things on my mind, I'm going to take this moment to sit and pray and spend time with you. I'm going to take this moment to to rest. I'm going to go to sleep at a reasonable hour out of out of faith, out of faith in trusting that you are going to take the remaining time I have and make it enough. 
So that's just something to think about. It's something I've been thinking about, and I hope that thought is something that you can maybe take and mull over and see how it applies to your life as well. Now, one I've hopefully fairly obvious caveat. This is obviously not a call to be lazy and to sleep in when we should be working, okay? Proverbs warns us over and over against being lazy, staying abed too much. It often talks about sluggards being in their bed. Um, So this is not a call to be lazy. But just because sometimes when we see an issue, we see, okay, I don't want to be lazy. Sometimes we go way too far and pendulum swing the other direction and like refuse to rest at all. So I think we need to be really aware at like which swing of the pendulum we are more prone to. Or the analogy I like to think about a lot is like you're you're driving along on the road and there's a ditch on either side of the road. And so we want to be careful if we see one ditch on one side that we don't, in an effort to avoid the ditch on the right side of the road, we don't run straight straight into the ditch on the left or vice versa, okay? Um, So we need to kind of be aware which side of the ditch we would naturally fall to. Um, Is it not resting enough or taking too much time away? Both are dangerous. Both are detrimental to what God has called us to. So we need to kind of be really honest with ourselves and say, in, in this season of life, which one am I more prone to? Which one am I more scared of and trying to avoid? And which one am I, do I fall into more easily? And um, be aware of that so we can push back and try to stay right on the ground um, in the balanced place that God has called us. So those are some thoughts about work and rest and um, what scripture has to say about them. Now let's think about how can we actually set up our schedule so that we can prioritize time for work, for rest, and also for our family and other important priorities. Well, my I have a couple tips in this regard. First of all is to schedule each week in advance. And when I say schedule the week, what I mean specifically is plan out when you will work and when you won't work. We have a spot to do this in our pray and plan planner if you have the planner. If you don't, if you head over to teachfortheheart.com slash balance, you can see we'll have a picture there of what the time planning chart in our planner looks like. And you can do the same thing um, just you know on your own sheet of paper as well. But the point is, is that there's a spot to say, when am I going to arrive at school each day? When am I going to leave school each day? And then what times am I going to work in the evening and on the weekend? And the reason this is so valuable is you are making a decision ahead of time when you're going to work and when you're going to, you know, rest and work on other priorities, right? So you're choosing when am I, what, how much time am I giving school this week? And how much am I reserving for my family, my personal life, for a time with the Lord and for times of rest, okay? And that's really, really powerful. I kind of dare you to try it, to try doing this. It can make such a big difference um, because you are choosing ahead of time. And you can choose realistically. If you say, man, I've got a bunch of papers to grade this weekend. I'm going to have to block off three hours in the afternoon on Saturday to grade them. That's okay because you've recognized the situation and you've chosen to do so and you can communicate it with your family or anyone else and that's your commitment to yourself. But that is so much better than waking up on Saturday and going, oh, I got a grade. Oh, I got to figure out a time to do this. No, I'm doing it from 12 to 3, and at 3, I'm going to be done, <laughs> right? So it's so much value in choosing ahead of time. I, like I said, I dare you to try it and see what you think about it for yourself. So number one, planning out when you will and will not work each week. Number two, start putting more of your family time and other important priorities on the calendar. I'm guessing you already calendar things like um, events, like, okay, we're going to, you know, we're, we're getting together with so-and-so this weekend or, you know, whatever it is, but... 
try starting to put on the calendar more priorities of things that easily don't happen. So I'll give you a couple examples. Um, If you're married, start trying to put date nights on the calendar. Even if you just pick an arbitrary date each month and just stick it on the calendar, even if that doesn't end up being the day, you'll see it on the calendar. And if you can't do it that night, you'll be prompted to say, oh, I'm going to I'm not just going to cancel this. I'm going to move it to another night. So getting something on the calendar is really valuable. Another example, one thing we've been doing with our kids recently is trying to spend one on one time with them. So we said, "Okay, Thursday evenings, you know, for an hour, we're going to take turns taking one kid out and we put it in the calendar each week. So it's like, okay, this is what we're doing. And if we can't do it one week, we can move it or adjust it, but it's there. It's there in the calendar. And it's this wouldn't be happening if we hadn't put it on the calendar. Uh, You can do the same thing with family night or game night with your family. So consider things that you maybe wouldn't normally schedule because it's just you. It's just like your family. You're not necessarily getting together with someone else. Um, I challenge you to start putting time in the calendar, blocking it off, saying, this is time I'm spending with my kid. This is time I'm spending with my spouse. Or this is time I'm going to spend with a friend. You know, I'm going to get together with a friend. Um, and, and to just start putting some of that on the calendar. Even if you don't know all the details, just put it on there and you can plan the details as it gets closer. And then my final piece of advice is to also put times of rest on your calendar. Um, so... Um, this obviously, you know, we want to sleep each night, but also have times where we say, I'm not working. Some people really find it helpful to observe a Sabbath day, whether it is one day of the, whether it's Sunday, I'm not doing work on Sunday or Saturday, or, um, sometimes actually the Jewish Sabbath was sundown to sundown. So that would be equivalent to like Friday night to Saturday night, or you could do Saturday, you know, night to Sunday night, uh, meaning like sundown. So meaning like, you know, starting Saturday in the evening through Sunday early evening. You could try something like that. But it doesn't even have to be a day. It could be a few hours. It could be one hour. It could be um, I'm putting, you know, 15 minutes of just quiet time or um, on my calendar. So I experiment. I challenge you to experiment with just putting, if you have trouble taking time to just rest, <laughs> I know for me sometimes it's hard to just do, it's like, no, there's so much to do, but just putting time to just be, um, whether you're alone or with others, just putting times of rest on your calendar and then guarding that like you'd guard to do time as well. Um, that's something else that you can try. So we really challenge you to try this out. Try using your calendar in these different ways and then let us know um, how it goes and um, what you found is was helpful. And so that's actually our dis- our discussion question this week is, do you designate certain times as rest time or Sabbath time? And then why or why not? So we'd love to hear what you do now and also maybe what you're considering trying. And so um, you can answer this discussion question in our Facebook group at teachfortheheart.com slash Facebook um, or on the uh, blog post for this series at teachfortheheart.com slash balance. And then if you feel like this is the, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is the end of our balance series. I do really hope you found it helpful. But if you find, man, I really wish um, I could have more help in this. Um, I would love to have someone walk me through how I can better you know, reduce stress, implement balance. I do want to invite you to our brand new program, um, Reclaim Your Time. And our goal with this is to help you reduce stress and establish balance. And the mission of this program is to help you 
um, cut five to 10 hours off your work week without sacrificing your effectiveness so that you can stop feeling stress and preserve time and energy for your family and your personal life. And we've designed the course with you in mind, meaning um, this course is for people that are busy, that don't have time for a traditional course. We've broken things down into super bite-sized lessons, like five minutes, most of them, um, and really quick actions that don't take time, or at least not much time at all, most of them to implement, um, but really help you actually take action. Because sometimes you know what to do, um, and you're not doing it. Or sometimes you're just like, I don't know what to do, and I I need concrete actions. Um, But either case, it's really action-driven, designed to get you results fast so you can unbury yourself and have more time for the things that matter most and create better balance in your life. So um, you can check that out. We will link to it at teachfortheheart.com slash balance. Or if you want to check it out directly, you can go to teachfortheheart.com slash reclaim. That's teachfortheheart.com slash reclaim. Let's take a few moments and pray about these things together and bring them to the Lord. Father, thank you that you care about every area. We continue to thank you for that, that you care about our life, that you care about our um, balance. Um, Teacher, I want you to take just a moment of gratitude and thank God for what he's been doing in your life lately. Now take a moment to just talk to God about what work and rest and the balance between them have looked in your life and to ask God um, if you are resting as you should or if you need more rest in your life. Take a moment to either surrender to God and what he is showing you or to ask him to continue to work in your life and to help you develop the balance of work and rest that he would have for you. We thank you, Father, that you are at work in us and through us day by day. We pray that you will grow us in this area, guide us to solutions, guide us, make our paths clear, uh, show us where we are holding too tightly to things or not clinging tightly enough to you, and just continue to mold our lives to make us more like your son, Jesus Christ. And it is for his sake that we pray. Amen. 
We do hope that you've enjoyed this series on reducing teacher stress and creating work-life balance. If you have, um, you could do two things to help us out. Number one, um, invite your friends to listen to this podcast and to this series in particular. They can find the Teach for the Heart podcast in their favorite podcast app, or they can go to teachfortheheart.com slash balance to view the entire series. And then if you haven't yet left a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, that would be a huge blessing and a great help to us as well in helping more people to discover this podcast. Well, we thank you again so much. We hope that you'll join us in Reclaim Your Time. Um, Once again, you can get detail for that at teachfortheheart.com slash reclaim. Otherwise, we're going to take a week or so off and we'll be back soon with um, a special episode here in February before starting our new series. So watch for that in the coming weeks. In the meantime, teacher, remember God is at work in you and through you. Keep your eyes on him and teach for the heart.